You're listening to the Concession Stand Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. From movies and tech to WWE and video games, come let your geek flag fly with your hosts, Nick Howe and Andy Nelson. Welcome back to another episode of the Concession Stand. This is episode number 20. Episode XX, if you will. XX. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, but I can't tell you anything until we do a Stone Cold Salute. I said give me a hell yeah. Yes. Uh, Well, episode number 20. We've done 20 of these now. Holy smokes. Uh, I am your host, Nick Howell. With me, as always, Mr. Andy Nelson. Uh, how have uh, how have I heard you went to see Rogue One again? Yeah, speaking of episodes, we called that uh, episode three point nine five in our <laughs> in our Rogue One review. If you haven't listened to it, we're getting a lot of positive feedback about it. Yes, we don't really break the movie down of things we didn't like because we liked everything. So it's just kind of like a big geek fest about us being all things happy about Rogue One. I took my daughter to see Rogue One. She's seven, and so I was having kind of back and forth in my head: should I take a seven year old to see this movie? And I just thought about it further, and I said, you know what? I think she's ready. We took her a couple nights ago, and uh, she absolutely loved it. So for me, this is a big deal. My kid and I going to a Star Wars movie in a theater. It's a it's like a it's a rite of passage in the Nelson family. Yeah. <laughs> you know, her birthday is actually May the fourth. That's no joke. No as you know. Yeah, so you know that. But uh, so it was a it was a really neat thing to to take her and have her like it and see Star Wars on the big screen. You know, uh, so proud father moment for me oh absolutely so what did you think of it seeing it again uh, just uh, real quick uh, did you notice things that you didn't notice on the first run you know what I, I still like it i still loved it as much as i liked it the first time however i found myself um not that things were boring me but i was just like oh i just want to see that part uh, i just want to see that part oh get to the part where vader fights get to you know get to the space battle but everything about it is still good and i still like it and i'm still going to probably see this movie 25 times overall <laughs> maybe a couple more times in the theater but um yeah, and again, it made me want to go back and, and pick up and watch more of Star Wars Rebels, which I had watched a couple of years ago, and so we'll get into that a little bit later. We both kind of started watching that this mm-hmm. week. Uh, speaking of watching stuff, I've been on a, a bit of a marathon recently <laughs> yeah, because uh, between this and you know everything that's been going on the last few months, I've missed a lot of movies uh, this, this year. So I went back and watched Girl on the Train with Emily Blunt, Yeah, uh, kind of a psychological thriller. Cool. Fantastic. Uh, it's got a little bit of a uh, time jumping sort of element to it, where right. they eventually reveal it. They reveal a little. It, it reminded me a lot of Gone Girl. Okay. Um, in that kind of psychological thriller sort of way, right? Maybe they'll do a crossover of a Gone Girl on a train. Gone Girl on a train. <laughs> oh, God. Gone Girl on train spotting. Something. Yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, the other one I saw, which I was pleasantly surprised. I went into this one with low expectations, but War Dogs. No way, really. War Dogs with Miles Teller and uh, and uh, Jonah Hill. I have no interest in it. Jonah Hill has put all of his weight back on, too. Okay. Uh, but anyway, it's. I was pleasantly surprised with this film. I was not expecting it to be that good, but it was It was actually very, very enjoyable. What's the premise? Like, I just saw the poster. And it's I like saw Lord it. of War with teenagers. Uh, do you remember the Nick Cage movie? Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're arms dealers that are that accidentally get into selling the big stuff because they run into something and they get into all these troubles with the, the Russians and Albania and... It's, they're basically dealing proxy dealers for weapons to the Middle East wars to the Americans. So that one was really good. But you know the the one that I brought in to bring up next was when did Mark Wahlberg get anointed to be like our special? I don't know the guy that's going to play all the tragedy movies, the the hero in all these tragedy movies because we've got. So wait, did you see Patriots Day or did you see Deepwater Horizon? I saw Deepwater Horizon, right. but they're swamping us with uh, with marketing for for Patriots Day for the Boston bombing movie. Sure. And, you know, he's somehow turned out to be this de facto role in, you know, you go back to Lone Survivor. Yep. Uh, there was Shooter. There was all these. Perfect Storm. Perfect Storm. Technically, all the Transformers movies he's in, he's kind of surviving <laughs> big disasters, right? Right. So, anyway, Deepwater Horizon is about the, is the name of the oil rig that uh, had the issues with the BP oil spill back in, what was it, 2010? Something like that. Um, Look, I'm not going to knock the film too much. It was a feel-good movie. There's some, there are some really good performances in it. It's, it's kind of familiar material because it's still fresh in all of our minds. It's put together well, but is it, is it, did it blow me away? For, eh, no, no. I mean, it's not, it's not anything special. It's a typical tragic tragedy kind of movie with the happy ending to an extent. And they roll the credits at the end, and you know, hundred uh, something people were on this rig, right. and eleven people lost their lives, and 
you know, you feel bad. And it, what I found was that it filled me back up with rage that we don't know that anything ever happened to BP at this point. I mean, they, they might have gone through some court stuff and paid a couple billion dollars in fines, but people are still buying their gas. Yeah. You know, I, some of them are. I know people that are specifically that boycott that boycott buying anything from BP. But the last one that I've watched recently, and, and you've probably not heard of this one. Um, if you have, kudos because you stay up on the indie market. Uh, Shia LaBeouf had a project that he did. Oh, I know where you're going with um, this. With, the title of the film was American Honey. Yeah. And this is, this is not for the faint of heart. This is a three-hour, just shy of three hours, um, epic kind of adventure film where it's – to me, it was like the modern – do you remember the movie Kids from yeah. 1995? Yep, yep, yep. It was really messed up in a dark uh-huh. way, but it was like urban teenagers. Right. Uh, Coming-of-age kind of film, right? That's what this really was in a way. Uh, but it was out in the middle of the boonies, in the middle of Nebraska, right? And okay. just So it was set up that way. But it was – uh, not very well-to-do teens that were, you could say troublemakers, but they were all in a van traveling around selling magazine subscriptions. And somehow the the main girl, Sasha Lane, hooks up with Shia LaBeouf, who is kind of the leader of this of this merry gang. I will say that it is an actual clinic in filmmaking, in, in indie filmmaking, guerrilla-style shooting, all of that stuff. There's not very many camera shots. There's some interesting ones inside of this van where the van is slam-packed with 10 to 12 people, and somehow they still got coverage shots on all of them to cut around in. Huh. That's impressive to me is, you know, how did they do that? It had to have been all handheld uh, kind of type of cameras. But at the end of the day, it's I, I enjoyed the ride. It never felt like it was a three-hour-long movie. Shia LaBeouf is brilliant, as he normally is in these kinds of roles. Um, but it's... The acting was fantastic. The camera work was fantastic. It had that raw, gritty look to it. Had some grain going on, so it gave you that kind of uh, that raw indie feel to it. But if you can slug it out, you know it, it isn't a time investment. But it's it's a really it's a really good film. All right. uh, it's it's not going to win any kind of critical acclaim or anything like that. But really, really well put together. So I mean, kudos to that team that did it. Uh, it's not going to. Please, everybody, you have to be. It's it's a cinema file type of movie. Okay, um, that the kind of people that are really going to enjoy it. All right. So yeah, uh, and like you said, Star Wars Rebels. I have binged through the whole first season of Star Wars Rebels since you told me about that when we did the Rogue a week One. Ago. Yeah, a week thing, ago. Right. It is fan freaking tastic. Yep. Right. So speaking of movies and everything, let's dive right into some TV and movies. Okay. For the first time in ever, yes, uh, it would have yeah, to be streaming video on demand has eclipsed officially eclipsed disc sales, physical sales for TV and movies, and as for the year 2016, that's a big deal. It, we've gotten over the hump now, and so with the combination of cord cutting, streaming services, uh, digital deliveries through like iTunes, yep. right, uh, digital purchases, I should say, Google Play or whatever it is, exactly. Amazon, sure. We, we've we've crossed over that hump in the graph where the streaming products have now su- uh, succeeded, succeeded, superseded the uh, the sales of of di- physical discs. To me, that's a that's kind of a milestone moment because we've seen a constant, steady decline of physical products. And again, last year they were down ten percent, right? Um, and we've we've continued to see over the last two to three years a, a, a meteoric rise in streaming. Uh, twenty fifteen, it was twenty five percent growth. Last year it was even down for 2016. It was still 23 percent, but down from the previous year. Yeah. So we've crossed it. We've actually crossed it on the graph now. So we're at that inflection point in the industry where the studios are seeing this and they're starting to really ramp this up. And one of the big takeaways for me, two of them really, this does not include Amazon Prime. Interesting. The reason is is because Amazon Prime is not officially considered a subscription service. Right. It's something you just happen to get when you're – okay, sure. Exactly. So the, the people that are putting these numbers together don't include that because it's not a Netflix, a Hulu, a, a HBO Now or whatever, right? Uh, the, the last thing I want to say about this is that this decline that we've seen of physical sales is directly affecting uh, how studio executives and chiefs are moving films from the theater to – the home entertainment style. You're, you're talking about as, as how quickly they go from their movie release date in the theater to their home video release date. And now there's that whole crazy thing where we're releasing things digitally two weeks before the physicals. Yep. Like coming up on um, Valentine's Day, Doctor Strange, which came out in what, October, November, something like that, right? Yeah. So that's what, four months since release? Four, 
sure. That's going to come out on Valentine's Day on like iTunes, and then on the twenty eighth, two weeks later in February, the the disc comes out. Which if they have the three D Blu ray, I'm going to get that. Now on a personal level, um, you know how much I used to buy Blu rays, and mm-hmm. I used to buy you know all of them, and I have a massive. I used to pride myself on this big Blu ray collection that I had. I think over the last couple of years, I've seen myself go very much into more of the digital movie collection. I've seen my iTunes library number of movies grow up. Yep. Um, and I've seen uh, my my shelf of Blu-rays sort of disappearing, and they've ended up out in the garage, and soon mm-hmm. they'll end up back at Amazon as a used Blu-ray. But um, I, I I think the only Blu-rays that I get still are the big 3D ones. So I got like Force Awakens 3D. I got Kubo 3D. I, I'm going to get Doctor Strange 3D. Um, I just I, – that to me is the only, the only reason to get that sort of stuff because – the streaming is so close to it, in my opinion, as far as the quality of it on your iTunes, Apple TV, at least for me, or or whatever it's going to be. That it's it's in the sound is there, so it's like it, those movies that you want to watch on Blu-ray, sure. But I I think this is absolutely true. I've seen it on my own personal level. We used to have to wait six months. Oh yeah, and sometimes right? a year. Sometimes and, and, a year. Wow, I I don't think I ever remember waiting a year. But now it's, that you say it, yeah, it's, it's a long time. It's a long time. Now we're seeing as as recent as two months. They can flip this around into a digital copy and sell it. They're going to do that because there's no reason to have that dead space where they're not making money right. on a property. Right. And while it's still fresh in people's minds, you know, you could be like, hey, you didn't catch it in the theater. Well, now you can watch it at home. You know, it's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I did want to go see that. And it's only 20 bucks now. But on the flip side of that, isn't that bad for consumers where they go, oh, I'll just wait six weeks? Bad for the movie theater business. Right. That's what <laughs> that's it's bad true. for. That's true. There you go. But that's like, that's like a perfect example. I think we were watching a couple of trailers the other night together, like on uh, uh, iTunes, and it was like, and we were immediately thinking, oh, I'll just wait till video on that. Yep. Because you know, it's it's not something we've got. We've gone through this a number of times. It, the movie theater for us as as forty year old men, it's all about the big blockbuster event movie that I'm going to pay big money to go see in a theater. Otherwise, I'd just rather watch it at home. Yep, totally. Um, Hulu is adding live TV and CBS channels to their service. I think we touched on the live TV thing a bit last week, right? But the big takeaway this week is the CBS thing, and, and why do you say that is? Well, because they were when they originally got all got together, NBC called Fox, Fox called ABC, we called they called CBS, and they're like, "Now nah, we're doing our own thing." Yeah. So you, Hulu was kind of the big three of the big four. It was NBC, Fox, and ABC. ABC, CBS was like, "Yeah, we got it. It's okay. We don't want to go play in your party. We'll do our own thing." Now that we're talking, Hulu is talking about bringing live to, and I saw some of the demos from CES with the whole new interface. And it looks cool, but I have some things I want to address here that that are scary to me. Before you do that, yeah. though, CBS they had the, this is huge. This um, no no cord cutting service of any kind or or uh, Directv Now or they, none of them have the ability to watch CBS live. Right. They've always had their own, like you said, they have their own subscription. And to me, it was always like, man, those like arrogant bastards. Why would they do that? You know, it's seven bucks. They're like, don't you want us to watch your programming? Now they're almost saying. We're gonna put it on Hulu, and Hulu is basically saying, "All right, we got them all now." So, and we're and they're live. All right, com- compete with that. And who's gonna be next? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, no you're fine. You, it's a great point. So, my fear: Hulu has built such a brand around uh, doing this on-demand type of content. Yep. Right. And people that have been Hulu subscribers for a long time, such as myself, have learned to deal with the fact that we don't get things until the day after they're released. And that's fine because, you know, if you think about it, a majority of people DVR everything and watch it at a later date anyway, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. I would argue that that's more the case now than it ever has been. And I think that's also been why Hulu's been successful is because, oh, well, I can just get it there for eight bucks a month. Yeah. Okay. And I have to watch it tomorrow instead right. of eight. Eh, whatever. Or if I pay 12, I don't even have to watch commercials sure. ever again for a network TV show. Sure. My concern is they're, they're now muddying the waters of what they've, They've prided themselves in what they've been successful doing. And uh, they're now intermixing on-demand content with live content. And that scares me. So in the same listing of maybe I want to watch all of the episodes of Seinfeld, um, they're going to intermix the live showing of the Golden Globes. And it's going to be in the same kind of playlist. That's scary to me. So you're you're more worried about the interface of how it's all going to look on your TV as far as watching the live TV versus on-demand kind of thing? You don't want it to all be like, watch this live or watch this. I would like to have a section of stuff that's live, and I'd like to have a section of stuff that's, you know, on-demand content, right? Okay. Um, But at the same time, I don't want – I guess I don't want them to cross over – because you're muddying your your whole message. You're now you're trying to replace the cable box. Yeah. 
right? In a, in a very big way. Whereas you could have taken the approach where you were just trying to backfill what you already had with maybe some live sports or a live event, or maybe you did an exclusive like Twitter does with the Thursday night football or something like that, right? Now you're completely overhauling your platform to support live TV. That scares me a little bit because I, that's not what I'm paying you for, right? Are you going to raise my is my cost going to go up to twenty dollars a month now because you can show me live, uh, you know, General Hospital? I, I don't watch that stuff. Yeah. So why are you, I don't understand why they're doing this. I kind of understand why they want to, but I don't think it's a good business decision, honestly. Okay, I have a counterpoint to that. Okay, uh, as a person who just went to Directv now. Uh, and I enjoy what it is. Um, I don't have access to all the major networks okay. live, live um, on the Apple TV app. You can't watch NBC, but you can watch it on your phone or tablet. And that's also that, that differs in certain markets because we live in Los Angeles. I guess we have access to a few more. So I get ABC and Fox on my TV and that's it. So I want to watch NBC. I have to go through my, um, and if I want to watch CBS, I have to have an over the air antenna. Mm-hmm. So I don't have – if I want to watch the over there, okay, I want to watch CBS, switch the input to over-the-air antenna. Uh, I want to watch this, switch back to DirecTV Now on the Apple TV. So there's there's a bunch of steps. Is that lazy? Sure. But I like it because I can watch the four major networks without having to have an antenna. But okay. I'm not also going to get all of those like other sporting events. For me, it's all about the sports and live sports, Fox Go, um, uh, uh, CBS Sports, NBC. Right. But then those things would not be included more than likely in the Hulu live package. If they are, this is exactly what I want. Um, but – then I won't have the access to all the other cable channels. So I'm going to have to get to a point where I'm going to choose between do I want the network channels or do I want the cable channels, right? Because I think, I think, there's a, I think the price point, it sounds like the price point is going to be somewhat similar for me. As I don't a, know that for, they're going to change the price. Yeah. They, that, I've that's heard, I've heard to be determined. I've heard sub 40 bucks, like somewhere around there, which is about what I'm paying for DirecTV now. That. Yeah. So, you know, I, if you want, if you want network channels, get an over the air antenna for 20 bucks and hang it on your wall. Doesn't work. Sh- bullshit. I showed you last night. It works. Uh, <laughs> it, it we were watching we, car chases on, but we don't get CBS. CBS. You don't get CBS, and you don't get ABC. I did. I tried. Fine. I tried mine. I didn't get CBS. You know and I, get can, ABC. I can watch March Madness on the internet and stream it from the website because they're all free, streamed Perfect. for free. There right? They're all available online all the time. So uh, there are. If you you have to understand that if you get into the cord cutter life, you have to be willing to accept that you're gonna have to jump through yep. a couple of additional hoops. And you might have to make a couple sacrifices, which and, yeah. for the for the price that I'm saving from doing it, I'm still happy that I did it. Nobody, nobody has gotten the all-in-one solution right yet. Nope, I agree. Um, Apple TV is really, really close. Uh, the extensibility that they have for anybody to come in and build an app to put on the Apple TV is a real was a really big step last year. Yeah, I did that for the newer Apple TV, and I think that's only going to get better as it goes forward. But still, nobody, none of these services have really gotten it right. Nobody is going to. I don't think anybody ever will have everything all in one place without having to switch input. That's just you're not going to have the cable boxes of the past. Yeah, it's you're going to have to sw- jump around a little bit. Otherwise, right? those things would get back up to cable prices, probably. Sure. Now, one of the things that are interesting about this is the newer advances they're making with HDMI technology yeah. to where if you do uh, – and programmable remotes and things like that. So if you do want to watch a particular thing, it will automatically switch. There's an HD – I think it's HDCP yep. uh, protocol that yep. will automatically switch your inputs for you. Um, most people have big home entertainments with receivers mm-hmm. that automatically switch that. Yep. Um, I ended up running my audio to a sound bar out of an input in the TV instead ah. of the actual individual boxes. So all I have to do is change the input on the TV and not the audio anymore. There you go. So there's ways to get around a lot of this stuff, and I think uh, I think as we move along, it, it's going to get better. I, I still think there's going to be a point where there still has to be competition. The, you, you, there's going to be different services and different devices and all of that stuff. So yeah, we're going to have to you, know, you have to jump through some hoops every now and then. Yeah. But it saves you hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars a year to do so. That's worth it. That's simple math. Uh, we got word that Edge of Tomorrow is getting a sequel, but it's going to be a prequel. Yeah, I think it was one of the most underrated movies of a couple years ago. Yep. Uh, and it's a great sci-fi movie. If you haven't seen it, it's kind of a combination of like Aliens and Groundhog Day. Yeah. <laughs> <in a weird laughs> That's way. a good way to play. Um, yeah. And it's awesome. And it's Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise. And he just is good in pretty much everything he does. Um, so, yeah. I, it got buried by bad marketing, but I'm excited to see what they do with it. This was announced a couple months ago. It just hit our radar because we missed it, but uh, I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, Doug Lyman can put a movie together. Yep. Obviously, if you've seen Edge of Tomorrow, you know what we're talking about. Hey, Disney announced uh, a Disney Kids TV thing coming in 2017. Wh- which what of is course this? Is, so imagine like an Apple TV 
but a Disney one that has like you can get it in the Frozen style. Oh, it's or a the, device? Like a little box about the size of an Apple TV, but it's a Disney one. You could buy a $40 um, peripheral with it. Okay. I don't know what makes this stand out. I don't know if it's going to have Disney um, uh, content included in it. Or if it's just simply like, here's a kid box we can take on the road to hook up to the TV in the other room in the but hotel. It's got an Elsa sticker on it. It's got Frozen. an Elsa sticker on it, but it would have Netflix and Hulu and all of those sort of device things that you would have in it anyway. So well, I don't what know. What would be the point of getting a Disney specific one? I, they haven't announced it yet, but they said that they're making one. So okay. Disney just doesn't do stuff just to do it. There's got to be some sort of game plan behind this. But if it's if it's as simple as getting an Apple TV into a kid's hand. That's what it is. Speaking of Disney, let's, yeah. let's talk about some Star Wars-y type stuff. Um, there's, there's a few things of interest this week. Um, there's this fan movement that's popped up to make Princess Leia an actual Disney princess, uh, putting her in the ranks of Cinderella, Belle, and, Belle and Little Ariel, Mermaid, or yep. Ariel, right? Yep. I'm, I guess, I, I don't know, I want to let you react to this one first, because you've got daughters, you live in the Disney world much more than I do. I want to hear your counterpoint, because you don't like it. Well, you have to make a point before I can make a counterpoint. Fine. Um, <laughs> I, I think this is a great idea. I think, uh, yes, we've had three strong female characters in the, in, the, in the Star Wars movies when you take Princess Leia, Princess Leia, Rey, and uh, Jyn Erso. But of any of those people that would make sort of the jump into the Disney princess, sort, it's, and it's a brand, you know, all the Disney princesses, they sell Disney princess stuff that has all of them included. And as a father of daughters, it only makes sense that she should be one of the Disney princesses and be in the, in the floats on the parades. And, you know, you get a meet and greet with Princess Leia at Disney World or Disneyland. They're building a Star Wars land. It, it's, it only makes sense to me. And yes, this. What about Queen Amidala? She's already a queen. She's not even a princess anymore. She didn't have the cultural impact. Cinderella and and Princess Leia are almost interchangeable as far as their 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 presence is, as far as their knowledge or being known about around the world. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. So yes. There you go. Uh, however, it, so my counterpoint is this would not even be a conversation if Disney had bought, not bought Lucasfilm. Agreed. It was, it was never even a conversation. I, agree. I, th- I think this is the fan saying now that you have it, and now and, and I wonder if this is also coming out of the uh, the death of Carrie Fisher, which could be another thing, just in a way to honor her. But it's not really honoring her as much as it's honoring the Star Wars universe's princess, in sure. my opinion. But to me, making. I get the positive side of, of positive female role models for children, for young girls to yeah. have that are strong female presences and characters. Get it. Totally got it, and I appreciate it. But I, if let's assume, let's play out hypothetically that Disney never bought Lucasfilm. Right? Would this and, have ever happened? No. Would this have ever happened? Nope. Would this even be a conversation that was being talked about? No. Nope. So it feels like it, it's more gratuitous than it is necessary but again this isn't disney's idea this is a big this is a big fan movement and as a fan myself and as a father of two daughters i think it would be a great thing when my daughters are walking around disneyland if they haven't already thought of it with this new star wars land that there would be a girl with cinnamon enslaved cinnamon, Leia cinnamon, costume? no no god no but in cinnamon roll in cinnamon roll buns <laughs> yeah. you know and in a white gown that they could go and have a meet and greet and just you know some another role model for them to look up to i don't see any issue with that whatsoever what, do the do the adult dads get to go to a special area where Slave Leia is? <laughs> uh, that's uh, ooh, okay. That's going down. Moving a dark. right along, <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Uh, all aboard the Episode Eight hype train, yes. folks! Holy smokes, it's here! It's 2017. Yep. Rogue One is behind us. Episode Eight is ahead of us, and a lot of the news. Uh, Ryan Johnson has come out and. and Kind of confirmed, but not really confirmed yeah. some things, but has uh, has led us so that the hype train has left the station. We're all on board. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens between, you know, there's a lot of talk about Luke and Ray and what their, how their relationship's going to develop, but I kind of want to let you go on this I one. I mean, it's, it's, it's not much more than that. He, Ryan Johnson came out and said, yes, uh, the whole movie is, is essentially, we pick it up right where we left off at, uh, at episode seven, which we kind of knew, and that the movie is going to focus on the relationship between Ray and Luke. Perfect. Yep. And if that's him training her to be, to, and it was like something like her with her new powers that she's discovered. So right. if it's him training her to do whatever to fight uh, her brother, but I mean her Kylo Ren or whatever I speculate. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. Is he going to test her midi chlorians sure. and all? Of- <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But yes, hype train in full effect. I bet we're a couple so wait, months. We've got another story developing about a young Padawan that's going to go through the struggles of learning the Force and struggle with the dark side versus the good. Sky- we feels like we've heard this we have. before we've heard it a twice. couple of times, right? It's the second act. <laughs> right. But normally we see that in the first act or the first film of the trilogy. But there you go. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I can't I, look. It's January of 2017. We got 11 months. We got a ways to go. We're going to be talking about this a lot. I mean, the real thing to look forward to at this point is a trailer or a poster. That's the next thing that's going to be big. So there is uh, speculation else, yeah. that we're going to get one potentially uh, for the Super Bowl in February. That'd be cool. That would be pretty cool. Smart there, time there's to do potential it. that we were going to get one t- attached to Beauty and the Beast. That would be a good time too. Uh, at least a teaser of some sort, right? Uh, and then there's a lot of speculation about whether it'll just be a poster that gets released and posted on the internet. Sure. You never know. We might here in LA. We might be the first to see actual billboards going up around town for for the movie. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, last little thing about Star Wars here. Again, we talked about it earlier. Rebels. It's absolutely awesome. I binged watched through all of season one in the last week. So since did we I. talked about it, and I'd already seen it, but I wanted to go back and watch it again. Yeah. So I mean, we get cameos from Grand Moff Tarkin, Lando Calrissian, Obi Wan in his little you know image, whatever. We don't really see him in person yet. Um, but yeah, it's just all of that is in season one and there's new characters introduced. It kind of fits nicely in the timeline between episode three and rogue one. You really feel like you're seeing the start of the rebellion that we end up picking up in, in rogue one. And I never really put that together before I saw rogue one. And now that I have seen it, it makes rogue one or like it, it makes more sense now. And you're yes. kind of seeing it lead up to that. So pretty exciting stuff. It's, it's almost closer to that than it was to episode three, because oh, sure. there was, there were oh, many sure. references in yeah. rebels that they had yeah. killed off all of the Jedi and uh-huh. there, there weren't supposed to be any left. Yeah. Right. So that did that happen in episode two or three the when they had order, the big crazy order, order 66 that happens in the middle of episode three, three. You're right. And lastly here, Los Angeles has officially been selected by George Lucas for his billion-dollar museum. Museum of Narrative Art. So that's not just a museum with, like, tapestries. Star and, Wars and this is There's going to be some Star Wars stuff in it, but it's a lot of narrative art. So a lot of, like, Norman Rockwell paintings and... Uh, his uh, collection of His stuff. collection of stuff, yeah. that he of, of all the stuff that he acquired with his massive fortune. Uh, it's going to be built here in Los Angeles. There was uh, talk for a while they were going to build it up in San Francisco, where Lucasfilm is... There was some trouble there getting the Chicago was on Chicago the map too as the, well, right? Chicago was in the list, and then they didn't want to build it too close to Lake Michigan, and so they decided to build it near USC and Gangland here in Los Angeles. But um, <laughs> but it's gonna be it's gonna be really neat. George Lucas is putting up a billion dollars of his own money. He's completely building it out of his own money. Does not making the city do any of it, and he's also going to add a four hundred million dollar endowment into it. So wow, the fact that this guy yeah. has all this stuff stored in a box somewhere up in uh, Marin County is horrible the fact that he wants to share it with the world and if his whole thing was if he can inspire some young person to to you know be creative and come up with their own narrative that's the whole point of this and i think it's it's amazing i think it's it's the right thing to do i can't wait to see it i'm sure it'll have the state-of-the-art everything if his name is on it so what an exciting thing to have right here in our backyard so hey coming up this summer um you know historically we talked about the big summer weekends that you would always put your biggest movies out were memorial day and July 4th. So if you look at this Memorial Day, we were looking at this the other day, that uh, there's actually a battle of two pretty big movies coming out. So mm-hmm. Pirates 5 right. and Baywatch. So The Rock versus Johnny Depp. But then we took it a step further, and we decided to take a look like, wait a minute. Let's look at the actual summer movie release schedule. Now, typically, we get like a big one at the beginning of May. We get one at Memorial Day. We get one on July 4th, and maybe one somewhere in like mid-June, right? The Guardians was like August, if I remember right. Sure. Like, right? This so- summer, if you really break it down, and we'll break something else down a little bit later, but it is stacked. Let me give it to you in super fast mode. May 5th, Guardians of the Galaxy. May 12th, King's Arthur. May 19th, Alien Covenant. May 26th, the two movies we just talked about, Baywatch and Pirates 5. June 2nd, these are all a week apart. Wonder Woman, June 9th, The Mummy, June 16th, Cars 3, June 23rd, Transformers, June 30th, Despicable Me 3. We're not as excited about that, but it's going to be huge. July 7th, Spider-Man, July 14th, War of the Planet of the Apes, July 21st, Dunkirk and Valerian, and July 28th, Dark Tower. That's the entire summer leading up to August. There's something good coming out every single week. Wow. And, and, you know, we were talking about this earlier. It's not even, there's not this special place anymore where it's just Memorial Day, July 4th, and the holidays. Yeah. The studios are now recognizing that they can just they can fill in the gaps with good content all year, every year. Whether or not it's good, it's at least something that people want to go see. Right. Right. Triple X, for example. Right. That's I want to go see Triple sure, X. And that's like, well, put that in January, which is typically where movies go to die. Right. I mean, let's let's release that on the day that it, the inauguration day. <laughs> yeah. We're swearing in a new president. Let's drop Triple X at the same. Uh, <laughs> there's something sinister about that that yeah, I think is hilarious. Good but, point. Uh, I think that's funny. Um, yes. <sighs> I can't remember the last time we had a lineup that good throughout the entire summer. Every single weekend, we're going to have to go see a movie to review it. For us, it's good. For the geek universe, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of like uh, of, of snobby uh, nose-up folks who are like, mm, another Transformers movie. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> mm, right? No. 
for us, if you like going seeing big popcorn movies, it sounds like they're just a week after week after week. Uh, I am anticipating extreme blockbuster fatigue at the end of the summer this year. Maybe by it, June. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Um, some comics update, comic universe updates. Uh, speaking of movies and everything, uh, it came out this week that Peter Dinklage is going to have a big role in the next two Avenger movies, which they are shooting back to back at the same time. And they're just going to chop them somewhere in the middle. And they're shooting them all in 100% IMAX cameras. That's cool. The last film that it did that, I believe, was The Dark Knight. Uh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds right. I think right. Nolan was the last one to really do that. 2008? Yeah. We didn't shoot the whole thing, but he shot certain sequences of it. But yeah, if they shoot the whole thing in IMAX, that'll be difficult. But yeah, that'll be great. It, that means it's going to look amazing on those big yes. IMAX screen formats, yes. right? Holy smokes. Um, so, yeah, there's a new Marvel series coming out as well that um, Flew Under Our Radar. Yeah, Flew yeah. Under Our Radar Legion is coming out, which exists in the X-Men universe. Uh, that's all I really know about it. That's exciting. Take a look. I think that starts in a couple of weeks. Uh, maybe, I think, the first week of February. That's also on FX with uh, Taboo. We didn't watch that this week, but we hope to this week and report back on that. Um, Constantine is a character that just never seems to go away. Uh, there was the old Keanu Reeves movie. They had that show on NBC for a while that got canceled. Constantine is one of the characters on the Legends of Tomorrow, that show on the CW, mm, which yeah. uh, is a sort of crosses over with the Flash and Arrow and Supergirl. Um, but I guess they're going to bring him back in his own animated series as well. Cool. So it's kind of a cool character, this sort of reluctant guy who can cross over between uh, you know our universe and the sort of supernatural. Spectral plane. Yeah. Right. So uh, uh, I'm going ex- back to Legion real quick. There was a thing in the trailer where the two, there was a guy and a girl that walked up and they made like the heart symbol with their hands. Is that like a Wonder Twins thing? I mean, wh- who is going to be in Legion? I Again, I need to look it up. So okay. uh, I, I just know it's X-Men. It's a TV show. Great. I'm in. Were know. the Wonder Twins in the Marvel Universe? DC. Wonder Twin powers activate. DC. And, they were, DC and they, yeah, yeah, and they were only on the Super Friends, and that wasn't like a thing from the comics. That, yeah. They, <laughs> and Gleek, that stupid monkey. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. Zan and Jane are the Wonder Twins, brothers and sister. Who cares? I know two brothers that have more powers than those two combined. You might have heard of them. The Mario Brothers, Mario and Luigi, which leads us to video games. Well, the night has finally arrived. Uh, Tonight we get the Nintendo Switch announcement event live stream thing, whatever it is. They're going to tell us stuff about it. Oh, my God. Which is specs and stuff and the games that are going to be the launch titles. And it's going to be live streamed on YouTube. I think this is really interesting. It's not like some big press conference or like E3 or PSX or anything. They're just doing it themselves. And at a weird time, though. It's, it's, so it's, it, it's 8 o'clock on the West Coast yeah. tonight. So you got to be up at 11 p.m., almost midnight, to see it on the East Coast. Yeah, which, okay. Or what is that? Five in the morning on the, in London or... I don't know. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's five o'clock Japan time. Could uh, be, you know, or noon Japan time. Could be. There you go. So that, that's uh, okay. We're gonna find out. Some. I'm gonna watch it. That, that'll be uh, some great fodder to talk about next week. So what are we gonna find out? We're gonna find out what it is officially. Other than seeing people play it, we're gonna find out what games are gonna come out for it. We're gonna find out what the price point is. We're gonna find out the exact release date. We're gonna find out they're only gonna make twelve of them, and we all and we all <laughs> have to, we all have to rush to Amazon tomorrow morning, and we will crash the site to get one of the twelve Nintendo Switches that will be released. <laughs> To the United States. Uh, yeah. How much is going to cost? What games are going to come with it? When yep. we get it? We yep. know it's the end of March. Yeah. March se- Well, 20th? that's what they said. So, yeah. My guess is 250, March 17th. It'll have Zelda at launch. Ah, say Patty's Day. Yeah. Ah. Speaking of Nintendo, Pokemon Go and Super Mario Run are officially, officially the most downloaded iOS apps of 2016. We kind of figured that might happen with yeah. the numbers that we were throwing around last week of 90 million downloads for Super Mario Run. But, I mean, it's official now. Yes, they are the most downloaded apps. That's bigger than even the big ones like the Candy Crushes and the Clash Royale. So that's Some of the most popular apps are usually like YouTube, Facebook. Sure. Right? That's, it's in the same class as oh, those. Wow. It beats those? Okay. It's the most downloaded iOS apps all. It, just, that's, it was downloaded more than Facebook. That's impressive. And, pff, Wow. That was uh, that. That's a big, big deal, and I'm super excited about that because, again, as I've been saying for weeks, that's yet another thing straw in the feather in the hat for video game makers to start making more mobile games to really dominate that market. Um, did you have a Game Boy when you were a kid? I did. Which what was your favorite game on Game Boy? Do you remember? I mean, we all had Tetris. That was that was that was the one. I mean, yeah. Tetris was the one that I always played. That was because. <laughs> Being on like being on trips for high school or being in the car uh, going on family trips like yeah. that was the one. 
Yeah. Do, do, and there was a little do, Mario do, 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 game I remember for it. There was a Mario one. Like a Metroid one. Anyway. I, I just never played it. The only thing that really sticks... Like, you could play Super Mario Brothers on uh, Game Boy Advance, but the actual original Game Boy, yeah. for me, was just all about the Tetris. I, I had the black and white Dr. Mario yep. as well was yep. the other one. Yep, 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 which is basically their Tetris. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's a company called Retrobit yep. that has come out with a, a clone of the original Game Boy. What it does is it allows you to take all of those old cartridges from Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, and Super Game Boy. Is that the other one? Sounds like. Uh, there was three of them, I remember. It was Game Boy and Game Boy Color worked together. Game Boy Color. But those were, right. the, those were the same cartridge size. Then it was Game Boy Advance, and then it was... Uh, but all of those can be those cartridges can be put into this one right. and played again right in one similar little handheld console thing. Yeah, think of it like those knockoff um, plastic boxes that can play a Nintendo cartridge or a Genesis cartridge or yeah. a SNES cartridge. They have those ones that can just play them. Yeah. It's this, but for Game Boy games. Yeah. So I'm digging it. I, I I don't know that I'll get one over a three. I've already got a 3ds. Why do I need to get that? But I can download the Game Boy games on my 3ds. Yeah, it's nostalgic. It's, it's nostalgic to play with something that feels like that Game Boy, probably right. Uh, not when you got a 3ds. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. But for some people, Game Boys. Like I know a guy that that is, collects Game Boys and has like it's ninety nine dollars. Like, I think is the price yeah. I saw on it versus a 3ds that's like two hundred. Yeah, if you th- get a a nice one, this guy I know has uh, over forty. Game Boys, different, like um, like the original and the color one, and then this color of it, and then... The, Not games, like, Game Boys. Game though. Boys, the actual... Good God. Yeah, he has a collection of Game Boys. So it's a thing. And you know what else is a thing? I finally played Titanfall 2. David Gralnick, you were right. It is awesome. Uh, I played the campaign all the way through. I got through it well, within the last week. I finished it yesterday, playing a couple hours a day. Uh, gunplay is fantastic. Uh, the world that they build is fantastic. The relationship between you and your Titan is what makes this thing. Uh, you just, it's not just run around and shoot a bunch of stuff. You actually have some feeling to it and it ends and you do end up like saving the world kind of thing. Uh, you are absolutely right, David. Uh, it is fantastic. I would recommend it to anybody. I did delve into the multiplayer a little bit. It didn't wow me right off the bat. And because there is such a market and all kinds of different multiplayer things, you got to catch me right away in multiplayer. I'm not going to play it with all the other games I can play with, but I will recommend to anyone who likes first-person shooters, please play through Titanfall yes. campaign. Uh, and then you brought it over, and I played it. And I've played through the first mission, and i gotta, I got to admit, I was wrong about this one. You haven't, even, you haven't even scratched the surface yet. You're I, love I, it. I've gotten through, I think, the first two missions, two first two major campaign missions or whatever. But yeah, I, I feel like I'm just now getting getting warmed up. Yeah, knowing you as well as I know you, it is the gunplay that's, that you're going to like that it feels very yep. real, and yep. then you put mechs on top of that and running around in a mech, that to me is, is like everything you like. Oh, the so, minute I climbed into BT and just started sh- like locking on with rockets, <laughs> yeah. and it just shot 100 rockets at him, I'm in. You hey, you, sh- you showed me something. Uh, you, you've been doing uh, Overwatch competitive mode, and, yes. and I had not even jumped into that yet. I can, but I just haven't. But when you showed me what it is... I was like, all right, I need to go do my 10 qualifying matches and get in on this. Tell me what it's all about. So the the thing with Overwatch is I started to get bored because it is only like three or four different maps. Yeah. You're either attacking or you're defending. That's kind of it, right? And the players, while there's 20 of them, they, you know, you can get a little bored. So I was getting to like that level 20, 21 place, and I was just going, eh. And I grinded my way to 25, hoping that ranked play would change, and it did. Okay. It really opened up because now it's now you switch sides and it's a match of best out of three instead of just one little quick play round. Um, when you're you're you care about your ranking, you don't want to leave the game. You care about how well you play. It is much faster paced than the regular quick play is. Definitely, from what I saw. Um, you've watched me play a couple of them um, in the last couple of days, so that's. It is a complete. It's got me. Like I, if I don't play it once a day, I, I get the little shakes going on because I, <laughs> that is pure adrenaline. It is what competitive first-person shooters are supposed to be. The hell with Destiny and its Crucible. Uh, you know that kind of. St- that's a whole different beast. This is team-based five-on-five Counter-Strike Team Fortress style. You have to coordinate. You have to stay together. You can't go off and lone wolf Rambo, or you'll just get mowed down which is the most frustrating part about this, not playing in a group. It's, it's all skill-based matchmaking. But so you'll still get the randoms that'll run off by themselves or that won't stay with a group. But it, it has absolutely changed my perspective of Overwatch. I really liked it first starting, and then it started to wear on me a little bit. But then it flipped completely over. As soon as I hit 25 and started playing ranked play, it opened up a whole new world that I just did not see coming. 
I'm not bored with it, but I just sort of drop it in every now and then. My daughter loves it, so I play it with her every now and then. But now that I've seen this and it's given me some sort of incentive to keep playing and like have like a skill thing to it and a more competitive reason to play it. Yep. Um, and the fact that I could maybe be with you and we could do um, you know, some of our other friends and make a really good team, that's really appealing to me. So I'm going to try and get that going this week. Yeah. The last thing I'll say about it is you are it, it, it behooves you to find a team of people that you can play with and you can communicate with over a PlayStation party or Xbox, or whatever you're doing. If you're playing on PC, sure. even better. But whatever format, it behooves you to find a group of people to play with and get in a group where you can communicate because a lot of it is about sticking together, healing at the right time, popping cooldowns and popping supers at the same, your ultimates, as they call them in Overwatch, at the right time when everybody can get it. So there's a lot of coordination that goes into that. Uh, I do know from what I read that they will only match you, if you're in a group of five, they'll only match you with another group of five. That's cool. So I'm fine with that. It just takes longer to do the matchmaking, from what I understand, but that's where it starts getting really competitive, where you're getting into the kind of esports levels of of doing that with a com- uh, competitive teams like that. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Esports level, that's a lot of stuff to process. I need a second to break that down. Break it down! Not a lot going on in WWE in the past couple of weeks. Look, we're in that weird part of the year where it's just between uh, the holidays, between really Survivor Series and Royal Rumble, is kind of just meh. Yep. There's not a lot going on. Uh, We've seen the rise of Braun Strowman in recent weeks. We've seen uh, the rise of The Miz has kind of gotten a second second wind throughout the second half of this year. Uh, Finally got knocked down by Dean Ambrose last week uh, in the Intercontinental title taken off of him. So now he's just really ramping up the heel thing, which is really, really good. Um, And this week, Jericho took the U.S. title off of Roman Reigns. (laughs) Yay! Yay! No more Roman Reigns. That makes it interesting, though, that story between him and Kevin Owens, each of them having a belt. At some point, that best friendship is going to have to break, and they're going to have to fight each other. And now that they both have a belt... But they're calling it our belts. Yeah, so that's that's where it gets kind of interesting. (laughs) As funny as it is, and it would be terrible to see those two break up, it's only inevitable. Yeah, there's not much happening other than superstars, as they normally do, declaring their entries into the Royal Rumble. And we've got a pretty big list so far. I mean... Uh, started out with Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. Yep. Braun Strowman declared. Yep. Now we've got Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, Miz, and the Miz, Undertaker, and Ziggler. I think is yep. already in there. And Undertaker was the big yeah. one this week. Yeah. So it's it, wow. That's all the A-listers coming together and, and really getting into the Rumble. Where's the room for the new guys? Who like, knows? Oh my goodness. Or the old guys that so like, like Nikolai Volkov is right. back like they do that every year. Right. You know. So we're about two weeks away from the two weeks this Sunday yeah, from, uh, from this Sunday, 29th, 29th yep. for the Royal Rumble. So stay tuned. Other than that, uh, the other piece of news coming out of wrestling was um, apparently the New Japan Wrestling Organization is going to be coming over doing a standalone event here in the U.S. Yeah. This is a big deal. It is a big deal. And here's the thing. Everybody's aware of like Japanese pro wrestling. Uh, New Japan pro wrestling is the biggest one over there. It's the equivalent of the WWF in Japan. Sorry, WWE. Um, we lend some of our guys to go over there and be in their shows. They bring some guys over here to our shows. Um, their big WrestleMania-type event was, I think, last week um, over in Japan. And, Night's Dawn or something uh, like that? Something Kingdoms. Uh, Kingdom, King, Kingdom yeah. 11 or Kingdom, something like yeah. that. Um, we will get to see on Axis TV, AXS TV, uh, which you can get if you, I think if you have DirecTV and some other uh, cable companies, they're now starting to um, do a weekly uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling show cool. where you can see it in HD and um, guess who's doing the commentary for that? You got it. That's right. Jim Ross is doing the commentary for it. So uh, <laughs> tomorrow night, I think on Access the thirteenth Friday, uh, you can watch their championship match, the, the heavyweight championship match from their their big event. Uh, this guy uh, Kenny Omega uh, mm. is there is one of their big names over there. And there's rumors that this guy is headed uh, stateside, uh, and that is where AJ Styles came from. Exactly. Right. And, and the the um, Bullet Club. Uh, those guys, uh, Gallows, and, Gallows and Anderson. Yeah, they were over Thank there you. too. Yep. So. Um, it's it's a it's it's a little bit different than our style. It's a little more stiff, as they say, or um, it it looks a little more real. So it doesn't look like they punch them like you know like uh, with like feathers. It's like they look like they hit these guys. It looks like they're really wrestling, even though it, it's still fake. But there's some realism to it. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm a fan. More wrestling, the better. Uh, El Ray is also doing a lot with the Lucha Libre stuff. Um, uh, with adding this into Axis and stuff, I mean, I wish there was more of it available for streaming. It probably is. I just haven't found it or looked into it that much. But I, I can see a day where maybe Vince McMahon get, breaks the checkbook out and starts gobbling a lot of these up and adding them to the network. Yeah, and the WWE, you know, family and, and within that network. So 
I don't know. It just is more content, the better. Content, 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 and you will just reign supreme. Speaking of networks, let's talk about some tech. So last week we talked about uh, the theater, in, or we talked about the cin- cinema, m- cinema mode. Cinnabon mode. Cinnabon mode. Uh, the theater industry is kind of losing its shit over this. <laughs> How so? Well, they don't want people texting, and they don't, they don't want people... They don't want you to touch your phone for two hours while you're there not. enjoying the I don't the movie. want people to touch their phone. I don't either. So basically what they're mad about is that the manufacturers are making it easier for people to text oh, and yeah. communicate I mean, inside the theater by implementing cinema mode. Or theater Cine- mode, Cine- I think, Cine- is they're officially Cine- calling it. Cine- I'm going to keep calling it cinema, m- Cine- cinema m- m- mode. Sibilance mode. <laughs> this is, it's the penultimate time of the year when the new geek stuff arrives that we'll probably never actually see. <laughs> right? This is kind of the equivalent of the automotive car shows where they bring out the prototypes that they're never going to actually mass yeah. produce. Uh, this is all of the crazy harebrained tech gadget ideas <laughs> that will, you know, 80% of them will never see the light of the day. But you do get a few little cool things that will. And I have to say that um, Echo, Amazon Echo, and Alexa stole the show. That's what everybody's saying. Yeah. It's just there's there was really no other con- – there was certainly some some wild and crazy stuff there, but – Everything that you, from Ford to Huawei and their new phones, LG's new refrigerator, having all of those having Alexa built into them just makes me ask 10 more questions every time I hear one of those things. So as I mentioned, Ford unveiled its new self-driving car yeah. that had Alexa built into it. Uh, you can unlock the car and start the car without keys. Cool. That's cool, but scary. my security it's head scary. Goes, yep. Yep. goes a little harebrained there because what if somebody can just record your voice and mimic your... I don't know. Same thing with touch ID on your phones. That always. What yeah. if you're sleeping and they yeah. just touch your... You know. One of the other things I thought that was interesting is Lego is jumping on the bandwagon of teaching kids to code. I think awesome. this is a brilliant idea uh, because it might not be sitting them in front of a keyboard to write out code, but teaching them logic, um, workflow, uh, and things like that are fundamental parts of, of programming and coding um, and building functions and arrays and all of those sorts of things. If they can figure out how to do that, man, we're going to have some smart kids. The world is going to completely change uh, in the near, very near future. Uh, as as some as a father of children, is this something that you your girls would be interested? in? I think I think they definitely would be. So it's what is it? It's Lego Boost and Lego it's, Boost. And so how does it work exactly? I have no idea. It's, it's probably like putting building blocks together that would represent code or something, right? Or maybe you code something and makes a Lego move. I I don't know. I think it might be that. Okay, I that's think it'll cool. be a combination of like software for a tablet, yeah. and then it makes you know what were the ones that turned it into an RC car. They weren't yeah. Legos, but they were those yeah. when we were growing up. Erector sets, sure. Kind of, right? And I think uh, just there is a there is a coding sort of market that's out for kids right now. Yeah. I've seen a lot of little toys. It's like get this thing to do this, make this thing. You know, this computer will make this thing do it, and it's real basic coding stuff. So I think Legos getting in on that game. It's like you said, it's only good for the future if our kids are starting coding. You know, and I wish they taught it in schools. To be completely honest with you, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the last big thing here from CES. Look, there was a product that came out last year that really grabbed my attention. And I don't know if it said SCIO or if it's just SCIO. Uh, but basically, it was a molecular scanner that would you could scan a piece of food and it would tell you the nutritional information, such as the carbs and the sugar and the sodium and calories and with, all of that stuff. With no barcode. You would with, just see it and know what it was, right? right? It would, you would scan a piece of the flesh of the apple or the cheese or whatever it was or the pizza, wow. and it would just tell you what was in it, give you all, like, all the nutritional information. But it was just a little standalone device. Yeah. Well, this year, a, a company unveiled a phone, a smartphone, that had this scanner built into oh, it. Oh, man. Okay? And it, if you look at the back of the phone, it just looks like a camera, but it's really not. It's that Skio scanner that's built into the device. And that so far, this is only going to get released in China, from what I understand, on a $435 <laughs> Give it time. US dollar. Uh, uh, basically, it's a Samsung Galaxy, right? But you can scan your skin, and it'll tell you your uh, body mass index, your BMI. You can scan a tomato, and it'll tell you if it's ripe or not. And it'll, you know, the same kind of characteristics apply. I think this built into a lot of stuff could get really, really interesting for nutritional, for diet, for everything. You know, people, parents are more concerned than ever about what their kids are eating. Yeah. Uh, people are doing more working out and dieting and nutrition focus than ever. Yeah. I see more of my friends doing meal prep now than I think I ever have. So I think this could be a really, really big deal. And if we see it really take off in, in a uh, nation as big as China, 
imagine if it came over here, oh, that's, what that's, we would do. Something like that is it's only a matter of time. Right. That sort of technology, everybody's going to want I mean, that. As focused as Apple is on the health stuff, yeah. the, their apps and everything, yeah. and the, the watch, Apple Watch uh, meters, whatever it is, I can certainly see that uh, uh, being a thing that makes its way over here. For sure. Uh, last big thing is that the Google Assistant is coming to all Android TV and Android wearable devices. Okay. So basically that means that the Google Assistant that's in the, the home, the Google Home, yep. is now going to be – the code and the software is now going to be available for any Android TV or Android wearable device-based devices, right? That, that's, that's a no-brainer that you figured that was going to happen anyways. Yeah, sure. We're going to talk a little bit more about these, these devices in our main story tonight. Um, look, as we had CES, yes, it was very exciting, but Andy and I have noticed this trend taking off about these whole, everybody's got getting a home assistant now. Uh, it really all started with, um, uh, with Amazon, with Echo and Alexa and Siri and just like a voice assistant. It started with that, but now, yeah, it, but true. now we've, now we've turned it into like, here's things you need to have in your home, but continue. Yeah. So, and then, so we started with Siri, Cortana came out for windows phone and it, then it came out for windows 10. And then Amazon ships this Echo thing, and it's it, people don't really know it as an Echo. They they call it the Amazon Alexa, right? Which is funny to me. But originally, it was just a speaker to play stuff in your house. That's all it still is. But they they didn't market it as a home assistant as much fair, back then. Fair, you know. And to be honest, that's all I use it for today. Yeah. Alexa, shuffle classic rock. Right. Alexa, shuffle heavy metal. Don't yeah. say it too loud. I might start. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but what we wanted to talk about today is this trend of kind of give a state of the union of where things are. So. Let's do that real quick. Amazon's got Echo. Google has the Google Home Assistant. And these are these are like countertop little speakers that you can put on that you can just talk out loud right. to and they will hear you and respond to you and whatever yeah. in some capacity. Um, Apple doesn't really have one yet, but they're very, I'm sure, very fervently working on they something. They have a voice assistant. So you could you could be standing in your in your kitchen on your counter and you could hold your phone up and push a button on it and say something and say, Siri, I need to know this. But you can't just be walking around and say something and it's automatically listening, right? True. Or is it? Or you have to trigger it with a button. Yeah. yeah. Just like the Apple TV remote for that right. as well has Siri. But that's not Siri. That's Isn't just, it? I don't think it's Siri. It's oh, Maybe it is. It's maybe the it same is technology, Siri. but anyway. it'll, yeah. Anyway, um, and then, you, and then Cortana from Microsoft is what they have. Right. And apparently there's stuff in the works from... From Apple. From Apple and potentially Facebook. But what we actually have now in the marketplace are those three... Smart speakers. Right. Those three that we talked about. Amazon... Four. Amazon with the, uh, with the countertop, uh, Google with the countertop, Siri, and Cortana. Cortana. You may have brought up an interesting point yesterday when we were talking about whether or not we really wanted to dive into this. And I think this is the turning point for me... When you said this, I hadn't really thought about this, but what the difference between what we're being delivered, what we're being offered, versus what we really want yeah. is, is paramount. So what we're being delivered is like a smart speaker that yeah. can maybe place orders or do searches for us. What we really want is what Mark Zuckerberg has built with his Jarvis experience. We, want, we right? want Tony Stark's house in Iron Man. You just want to be able to talk to Jarvis. You want to have like floating windows. You move stuff around and yeah. like, you know, just say, like, I need a pizza, and it shows up. And like, We want that, complete, yeah. total that. But yeah, continue. Absolutely. And there is gray area between how we get from there to there. There is uh, some understanding of why they do. Th so if we look at Amazon, they're a retail sales company. Yep. If we look at Google, they are an ad selling search company. If we look at Microsoft, they want to sell you software and productivity tools, right? If not video games, et cetera. But we'll just say software and productivity tools. And by that, you mean we want to be able to do office type work. We'll get right? there in just okay. a second. Okay, sorry. Apple wants to do um, basically. They want to play entertainment for you. Yeah. That's really all it comes down to when it comes to Apple. Is yeah. TV, movies, music. What else does Apple do? Uh, health stuff, maybe. Sure. So if we really get this down to brass tacks, each of them are trying to come out with the, the similar thing that ultimately has a different goal. And this is where I think that we're going to have to, as consumers, we're going to have to drive this the direction of this these kinds of products. Because I could essentially have one of each in my house, and none of them do the same things. What we want is something that does all four of those things in one device. Bingo. And talks to everything that you own, whether it's an Apple product, whether it's a Microsoft product, whether it's an Amazon product, whatever you own, you want it to be able to talk to one thing. You need a central hub that's one company. And whoever wins that war wins. Yeah. I, and I don't think it'll be any of those big four companies. I don't either because they're so they're so invested in their own little niche that they they can't focus on the big picture per se. And I think we're at the stage now 
where each of those is just trying to get that device or that technology in people's hands and in people's homes. To, it was never going to be like when one day we were going to wake up and, and have uh, Tony Stark's house and that that was never going to happen. Right. We're, we're as a society, we're as a, as a consumers, we're easing our way into what eventually is going to be there. This is coming. It's, it's going to be here sooner rather than later. I would imagine um, it's going to be in your cars. It's going to be in your homes. It's going to be everywhere. Right. Um, so like, like I said, it's to me, it's the big battle for what's the one that what's the one ring to rule them all. It's market share. Yeah. Is, well, what you were talking about was market share and, and footprint, right? Yeah. Right now, Amazon has a leaps and bounds above everybody else with the Echo. Exactly, and we're I, I can see it. They were really sneaky and really smart about how they. Yeah, they it. were. No, it's just a smart speaker. Yeah. You can play music yep. and you know play straight from your Prime playlist and all that. Yep. Oh, by the way, you can also do these things called skills. But you, yeah. you'll figure that stuff yeah. out. Yeah. You, you run out. Of, you run out of paper towel. Just say it in your in your in your kitchen, and they'll show up in a couple yeah. days in Amazon Prime. Or a fifty-five gallon drum of lube. Whatever yeah. it's, you know, you know it's, it's, it's fun. All on it's cool. Yeah. yeah, whatever. What you know, we won't be. We won't. We don't discriminate. Yeah. I guess where I want to go with this is, is this all leading to what you describe as Tony Stark's house, but you know, not quite there yet, but the smart home of the future? Yeah. This, isn't, this the, isn't this the building block to it? Or isn't this the baby step that we're starting to make as a society, as a world into this? Well, I don't, I, the interesting part is that I don't know that it's all about the home anymore. I think there's certainly one, one pillar of, that, of the triangle is certainly smart home and home automation and turning lights on and off, not just shopping. But there's a there's an element of efficiency and stuff like that, and man, how home management that that really comes into that, and and I think that what we saw at CES is there's this effort to do to extend that even outside of the yeah. home by with Ford putting Alexa into the cars, right? So now maybe they can tie in together. Maybe your Alexa at home is the same Alexa, and they share information. Or you can be getting out of the shower and tell Alexa to start the car so it warms up. Sure. Or and somehow Alexa in in the car knows yeah that's fascinating to me that you can extend outside of your home so it's not even like it's not it's like it's the it's the phone assistant that we first got kind of right but now it's in your home and they can talk to each other and it's one big network or it's assistant that it's like having your own personal assistant that follows you around we've gone from phone to house back to phone essentially if you're (laughs) in the car which is cool yeah uh didn't you say that microsoft is going to do something with theirs uh their productivity that's going to be in uh, nissan or something so yes, so they're putting Cortana. It's not just a Ford thing. I mean, we saw Ford at with Alexa at yeah. CES, but that's not to be. That's not to say they're the only ones doing it. Um, Cortana is being put into. There's a deal between Microsoft and Nissan where you could. They're putting Cortana in all their next lines of, of Nissan cars. And then there's the CarPlay that Apple's already sort of in. So they're in yep. cars. That's in Ford as well, which is sure. But that's more like that's more the CarPlay, like play your songs and that's all that stuff. Apple's niche though is it's, playing is providing you with entertainment. So I think this all comes full circle because yeah. Amazon wants to sell you stuff from their stores. Uh, Google wants to help you find stuff or give you navigation. Uh, Microsoft wants you to be use their productivity software and their tools, right? And Apple wants to provide you with a level of entertainment. So that's yeah. all the things that you would do. Yeah. Right. So why <laughs> shop, can't we just put- work, listen to stuff and have fun, and then wonder about how things work? Right. That's so all of it. The one that really geeks me out that really stands out above the other ones that are just trying to deliver you like pure consumerism is Cortana, because I think the the sky's the limit with this one. No cloud pun intended, but I mean, ah, good one. <laughs> uh, no, but if you look at the productivity suite that they have that between Office, Office 365, um, just the general cloud services that they offer, LinkedIn that they purchased yep. last year, uh, all of those things combined, now you are transcending the personal life and getting into the professional life. So now if you drive a Nissan that has Cortana, maybe it knows that all that you have a new email that just... You have a new email that just arrived. Would you like me to read it to you? Yeah. From your Office 365 Outlook account, right? Sure. Okay. And now maybe, we're getting somewhere. Yeah, you can be composing an email. Uh, right. Send Nick Hell an email. Subject line, next week's podcast. Uh, Nick, maybe next week we should talk about this, right? As I'm driving over here. Yes. And you're getting that email. Yep. That's cool. That kind of stuff, to me, is that'll be the game changer. Buying 55-gallon drums of lube off of, Am- off of uh, Amazon isn't going <laughs> to... <laughs> Isn't going to be a game changer. I mean, yeah, you, you've got the dash buttons. You can get new toilet paper and sure. new paper towels. Sure. Amazon's doing everything they can do to make you buy more stuff off of Amazon. Right. And I love it. I and, love the efficiency and the simplicity of it. And they have their own music and they have their own movies, which you could play if you have an Amazon Fire Stick, but it's not quite as cool and as streamlined as Apple. So they haven't right. won that part of it. Right. Here's my thing about this, okay? Whichever one of these things wins, and I will say right now, the closest to what I'm about to tell you is what the most important thing is. To me, it's more conversational 
And it's more of an AI on the other side of it. That's like talking back to you. So if let's take all of these things we just talked about, I get up in the morning, I just, I just go and exercise, uh, home assistant, whatever it says. Hey, Andy, nice workout. Yeah, you probably burned about 600 calories a day using the molecular scanning app that you're talking about from China. It's <laughs> yeah. looking at my body and it's knowing something like that. You Somehow know what? it scanned you creepily yeah, while you're in the sure. shower. And maybe it says, you know what? You're low on, you know, you're low on uh, uh, calcium. Maybe, maybe make sure you drink a glass of milk real quick. I'll pour that for you in the, in the LG refrigerator that's whatever. Like, these are things that are, that are out there, right? Yeah. Great. Uh, you know what? It's kind of cold outside. Uh, what's the weather like? Weather's like this. Do you want me to start the car for you with the Ford Alexa thing, right? And it, that starts. And now you know my coffee maker starts and somehow we're not to the point where something is like this robot is cooking you eggs or something you're making your thing right. hey what's the news it's reading news whether it's from cortana whether it's from this you know what i'm saying and like but it's also more conversational it has to be conversational like uh that was kind of an interesting work like it needs to, to recognize that if it makes it more conversational if you're just and then you seamlessly go from your house to your car to your work and you're just able to talk out loud rather than pick up a phone or talk into something and it's doing all of these things that you want to do that's the future. That's what we want it to be. Yeah, right, right now it's purely reactive. You have to trigger it with a command. And it's based on buying something and it, or buying or consuming something. Yeah, it's right? all it's based on It's not based on productivity yeah. like you're talking about or just general health. It's like that's what it is. That's what we wanted to get to, right? Yep. And the steps and like all the pieces are there. They just all have to be combined. I think Microsoft and Apple have the best opportunity to do an end around on Amazon here because of the productivity tools that they offer via Macs and iPads and all of those things, right? Yeah, just the footprint they have. Just the footprint, the foothold that they have on that that side of the industry. Mm-hmm. Amazon purely wants you to buy stuff. Yeah. Shop. That's Everything that they do is motivated by that. Please understand that if you own one of these devices, right? But on the Microsoft side of the world and on the Apple side of the world, outside the scope of delivering entertainment, there is a very, very long history of productivity tools uh, from Office, PowerPoint, Outlook, yep. Word, yep. all of that stuff comes into play. OneNote and Notes in Apple, and they've got equivalent products on each side. So Google's got that stuff too. Let's not let's not let's not discount them. Let's that's, not discount that's them. That's totally fair. Absolutely. Um, and at, frankly, because theirs is all cloud based now, and Microsoft's is almost completely there. But Google might have a leg up there as well with because all of theirs is it's all that Gmail platform. Yeah, uh, all that stuff. So. I think you really hit it on the head when you said you want it to be conversational and you want it to be more like the Zuckerberg Jarvis that he created. Ultimately, yes, by 2050, hopefully we all have oh, it'll be, Tony Stark Jarvis in our it'll house. Be lights, it'll be light years ahead of that. But yeah, I just look where we've come in the last two years Yeah, uh, since Alexa came out, or since Echo came out. They just need to change the name of it to Amazon Alexa. That just Or whatever it is. I, I think... I think <laughs> I think that's that's sort of our sort of take on what we want it to be, where we think it is, where we think it's going to go, what we'd like to see it go. I think this year we might get an announcement of some kind of Siri device. There has to be Apple once again into that yes. game of somehow. Um, I think along those lines, we'll probably get some sort of Microsoft Home device if they're. I mean, right now they could kind of use the Connect if they wanted to. That's got Cortana in it now. Did you yeah. know that? Um, yeah, yeah, there's about they what, forty million sure. Xboxes in the in right, the but homes. not all of them have Connect. But that's their sort of like again, the Echo just sort of eased its way in too. So right now, Microsoft has a bit of a foothold. Um, I think we're, it's it's well, we're, don't discount the Windows 10 exactly. PC footprint good either. Good point. Right. Good point. Yeah. So we're we're getting there. It's here, whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not. Um, it's it's a matter of if you're willing to wait for it to get to that point. If you're willing to sort of be part of the of the building blocks to get there, or if you're just going to wait till it's already there and ready to go. Right. That's a good point. So that's what, that's what we think guys. Um, we really want to turn this into a conversation. What do you guys want out of a home assistant? What do you really think is going to be, what's the next step beyond these introductory level, uh, players with the echo and with the Google home assistant, uh, with the other ones that are coming, we're inevitably going to get an Apple one, like you said. Um, so I'm curious to hear what you guys really want out of this is it what andy's talking about where it's a jarvis level of conversational assistant or is do you just want something that's more of a command-based robot that'll do tasks for you right? or do you not want any of it because you don't want that sort of <laughs> but this is this is a serious thing you want that sort of privacy in your home you don't want everything to be integrated like that there's there's got to be some sort of fear of this happening but that's again up to you kind of a foregone conclusion yeah. this, this show point. is all about the tech cool stuff that happens yes. but that's what we're uh, that's what we're here for <laughs> So let us know uh, in the comments of this post, either on Facebook or uh, give, leave us a review on the iTunes store. Let us know 
what you guys think about the future of the home assistant. All right, so here's what happened in a little bit of uh, moving on to our sort of fun section. Uh, we're doing this show on a Thursday rather than our normal Wednesday night. We had some scheduling conflicts last night, so I'm over here at Nick's place on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, we decided to go grab a quick bite to eat because uh, I got up here around noon. It was pouring down rain, and we just needed to get something quick before we recorded. Uh, so we went over to the local Taco Bell, yeah. um, not because we wanted to get jack-in-the-box tacos, which we talked about last week. Why add to that 554 million tacos consumed? <laughs> we wanted to go to a real taco place, like right. a Taco Bell, to get a couple of quick tacos and then come back here and record the show. Now, we had what could arguably be the greatest celebrity sighting at a Taco Bell ever, especially yeah. for fans of this show. As we're walking in, walking out, and we both did kind of a double take but didn't say anything. We're like, Ooh. Nathan Philly and friends. Malcolm Reynolds from Firefly, Cade Six from Destiny, Castle, that guy. Nathan Fillion is walking out of Taco Bell with a really big bag. And you know, people have been saying he and might have a really hot blonde. Yeah, people, <laughs> could be his wife. We don't know. It could be. People have been saying that he'd been putting on a couple of pounds there in those last couple of years at Castle. Now we know now why. We know. Nathan, no, Nathan <laughs> Fillion goes to Taco Bell, which brings me to our lightning round. Okay. I personally would like Nathan Fillion to be like the voice of my home assistant. Like based on him being like that Cade Six sort of smarmy guy that's in Destiny or like Malcolm Reynolds, it'd be cool if you were like, hey, you know, I just did a workout. And he's like, that wasn't a workout. You know, like you need to do a little bit <laughs> more than that. Just a smart ass. Right? So it'd just be cool. Like, and, you know, we've saw the, we saw the Zuckerberg having the, the Morgan Freeman kind right. or maybe speculating about So there it is. Lightning round is when we get these crazy home assistants oh, and God. you could start picking voices that you want. If you could pick any voice, oh go God. for some of your voices that you'd want. Go. I immediately jump to Samuel L. Jackson because <laughs> yeah. I want him to MF me up and down. <laughs> I got your toast ready, motherfucker. That'd be you know? funny. That'd be funny. Uh, Chris Rock is one that comes All to right. mind because uh, he just talks in that money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Um, I don't know. Why am I doing black guys? I'm I don't not know. Sure. I don't know. I, I'm going like William Shatner. I'm going uh, uh, C-3PO would be great. Like Anthony Daniels. You know, that'd be cool. If you, if you get up in the morning and you, you ask the, the home assistant, oh, what's the day today? Star day. Exactly. 2263.21 or like jim carrey like i need to go to the mall oh righty then well you know like if you go into that moment right or or yeah oh god i don't know who or or if it it would maybe it would like maybe it would like uh like guess your mood and so it would switch to one of these characters like maybe you needed to get yelled at a little bit so it would turn into samuel jackson or maybe it's maybe you needed somebody to be nice to you right so it's like dr phil or something like who knows but i think uh, like angry coked up dennis leary from the early 90s (laughs) that'd be good that'd be good that would be a really good one james earl jones is a no-brainer oh god with the with the breather that'd be great (laughs) mr t that'd be a good one how about joe buck joe buck no 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 fuck that nope no joe buck Harry, uh, Harry Carey would be good, though. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> Yoda would be a good home assistant voice. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, well, the, the Chewbacca poss- would be fun, but it'd be kind of useless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We could go on all night about this, but uh, uh, we got to get ready for that Nintendo Switch announcement. Well, guys, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, sorry for the late release on this one. We'll try and get it up as soon as we can. Uh, my name is Nick Howell. You can find me over at Data Center Dude on Twitter. And I'm Andy Nelson. You can find me at Andy Nelson76 also on Twitter. That's going to do it for us this week. Uh, leave us a review, like I said. Come chat with us on Facebook. Leave us a note on Twitter. We want to hear your feedback. And what kind of home assistant voice you would like to have? What celebrity would you like to have in your home assistant? We'll see you next week. Later. Bye. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.